That movie sucked. I kind of liked it. Movie Night Crew Network. George took out his wand, touched the parchment lightly, and said, I solemnly swear that I am up to no good. And at once, thin ink lines began to spread like a spider's web from the point that George's wand had touched. They joined each other. They crisscrossed. They fanned into every corner of the parchment. Then words began to blossom across the top, great curly green words that proclaimed, Messrs. Mooney, Wormtail, Padfoot, and Prongs, purveyors of aids to magical mischief makers, are proud to present the Marauder's Map. It was a map showing every detail of the Hogwarts castle and grounds. But the truly remarkable thing was the tiny ink dots moving around it, each labeled with a name in minuscule writing. Astounded, Harry bent over it. A labeled dot in the top left corner showed that Professor Dumbledore was pacing his study. The caretaker's cat, Mrs. Norris, was prowling the second floor. And Peeves the poltergeist was currently bouncing around the trophy room. And as Harry's eyes traveled up and down the familiar corridors, he noticed something else. This map showed a set of passages he had never entered, and many of them seemed to lead, Right into Hogsmeade, said Fred. What's up, potheads? Welcome to the Restricted Section, a podcast in which a bunch of nerds with potty mouths reread the Harry Potter series for the umpteenth time and discuss how the story and its themes have stayed with a generation into adulthood. Thanks for being here. If you haven't done the reading, don't worry, we did it for you. Here's what we're talking about this week. Chapter 10, The Marauder's Map. At first, Harry's super bummed when the whole rest of his year gets to go to Hogsmeade for their last weekend of term before Christmas, but little does he know that Fred and George have a surprise in store for him. Harry does make his way to Hogsmeade, where he meets up with Ron and Hermione, and together they overhear some really alarming, very deeply personal information about Harry. Um, okay. Welcome. Wait. (laughs) (laughs) Well done. This is a good start. You always have such trouble opening it, and I was like, "Oh, oh, this is great." She's got such a professional tone right off the bat. She seems confident in the direction she's going. She needs another drink, apparently. I'm gonna crush it. I just forgot. I think you need to leave that. That's. I'm sorry. That's how you're. You need to open the episode. You know I always do. <laughs> Welcome to Honey Dukes. May I interest you in some ice mice? No, thank you. <laughs> Welcome to the restricted section. I'm your host, Christina. Um, Haley. Hi. There you are. (laughs) There I am. Here I am. I'm here. Where am I? I'm here. Which candy in this chapter would you most want to sample? Oh, damn. Okay. Um, wait one sec. Let me, I just need to find the list because damn. Um, Okay. Well, Haley's looking. I'm going to interject. Hi, I'm Mary Clay. Um, (laughs) in the wizarding world at Universal, um, when I went there, I think it was like 2014 or 2015 or something. I got fizzing Wisbies and they're mm. like um, just cho- they're chocolates with pop rocks in them. I don't know like what they're meant to be in the Harry Potter in like the in the book or, or anything. But in real life, they were chocolates with pop rocks in them and they were very good. 
Yeah, I do now have an answer. Um, Pepper imps, breathe fire for your friends. That uh, that sounds up my alley. I want to breathe fire for you guys. (laughs) I I should definitely always be trusted with pyrotechnics. I'm really excited that we have two very special guests today. There is a connection between the two of them that I will let them reveal. Carrie, Charlie, welcome. Thank you. Hello. Charlie, what candy from this chapter would you most like to eat? Oh, dear. I'm weird about candy, but see. Which one? Or is, it, is anything here chocolates? I'm looking. There there was apparently a whole wall of various chocolates, but I don't know if they were like magic I'll chocolate. I'll just have the wall. Charlie's too the chocolate wall. <laughs> That's it. I'm eating the wall. That's the sequel to Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. It's Charlie and the Chocolate Wall. <laughs> oh, yes. my God. Carrie, what about you? Ooh. Maybe Drupal's best blowing gum. Mm. I love bubblegum. That seems fun. Mm-hmm. Carrie and Charlie are from um, a couple different podcasts. You may recognize the dulcet tones of Charlie's voice from <laughs> possibly a trailer <laughs> on our last week's episode. Charlie, do you want to tell us a little bit about your new podcast? Yeah, I am one of the hosts of Of the Eldest Gods. We are a Rick Riordan read-along podcast. Fun, fun stuff. You know, on Percy this Jackson. very network. Yeah. I'm on a network. It's so cool. We love to have you. Thanks, Pod Daddy. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. It's official. <laughs> they know their daddy. <laughs> awesome. Carrie, what about, well, you guys, you, you both. Yeah, so, yeah, tell us, we, tell we us we about the host. other podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so together we do um, Fandom's Gone Wrong. It started out with the two of us just arguing all the time about everything that we love and everything that's ridiculous about it. So we've been doing this podcast now, what, six, seven months? I don't know. A while. And we just do it about movies, TV shows, books that we've read. Sometimes we pick things that we both like. Sometimes we pick things that one of us likes and makes the other one read, like, you know, some of the Dracula stuff that I had to do earlier this year. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh my goodness. So we just pick all kinds of random stuff and talk about it and go through like the story of it and argue. Awesome. And I personally endorse both of these podcasts. They're delightful. <laughs> Thank you. Charlie, do you want to tell us a little bit about your Harry Potter history? Tell us what Hogwarts house you're in. Oh my goodness. Well, um, I'm a Gryffindor. You can tell because I'm I'm Ginger. My name is Charlie. Oh, classic. I'm a, I'm a Gryffindor. Another so. Weasley. Charlie, I hope you <laughs> yes. know that whenever I see your name pop up in Discord or something, I'm always like, oh, that's Charlie Weasley there. That's That works. Char- yes. that, that's Charlie yes. Weasley. <laughs> Accurate. Charlie Weasley in the books is such a non-entity that you have completely like taken that role. <laughs> I just need more dragons. I, don't we all? <laughs> They're cute. Well, I feel like my mother knows more of my Harry Potter history than I do, because she's the reason that I got into all of it. Do y'all want to tell your history together? Is it like a combo story? Yeah. Good little. I can't even like fully remember how I got into the things, because- I can tell Childhood. You. Yeah. Tell us a story. Okay. So, I, first of all, start up. My Harry Potter story is pretty simple. A friend of mine rec- said, oh- this book is really cool. The movie's coming out. Why don't you check out the movie? So I actually saw the first movie first. And I loved it because it introduces you to the world in a really nice visual mm-hmm. way. So when I read the book, I was even more happy because obviously a lot more detail, a lot more cool information. Yeah. But I did have a visual to start off with, which was cool. Mm-hmm. Charlie got into it when she was a young child. 
or when they were a young child, and they were, oh um, I was painting the bedroom, and I needed a place to keep the kid occupied. So they begged, begged, begged to watch Harry Potter, and I put on the movie, watched it over and over again for an entire day. The that's, same that's how I did movie as a child. over and over again for an entire day, <laughs> except the Voldemort parts where they were like this. Because <laughs> it's scary. The Voldemort part is scary when you're like six. It is pretty scary, I think, to this very day. Yeah, you know, Charlie so was like six at the time, so yeah. And since then, we've read all the books. We watch all the movies. My thing is, yeah. anytime a new book came out, I had to read all the books up to that book and then oh, read that book. Okay. You read some of the books to me as well. Yeah, when you were younger, I read. I think I read the first couple of books to you on Aww. car drives because we visit family in Maine, so I'd read them on the car rides. And then uh. when book five came out, which is the biggest book, I kid you not, I read that entire book in a day and drove to Maine in the middle of the day <laughs> because I was so excited to read this book. So, Carrie, what Hogwarts house are you? My most recent sort says Gryffindor. <laughs> Okay. I have been sorted into Hufflepuff in the past, and um, when you look at the Fever to the Sorting with it, it shows you, like, your percentages. Mm-hmm. I- I'm kind of on the edge of Slytherin at times, too. Oh, interesting. And you used to think you were a Ravenclaw I would have thought it was a Ravenclaw. If I had to pick my own I house, like, I would have said Ravenclaw. But I feel like everyone thinks they're a Ravenclaw at some point, and then you just have to come to terms with the fact that you're not a Ravenclaw. No. Like, I, I did the same thing in high school. I was like, duh, I'm the smartest person. And I wasn't. I never thought I was a Ravenclaw. I never thought Good it was the smart, you, more the clever thing. But yeah, no. <laughs> Definitely the creativity. The only way I could be a Ravenclaw would be if I was like the Luna Lovegood Ravenclaw. You that's know? the thing, yeah. though. Yeah. Yeah. That's the thing, though. Most Ravenclaws that you actually meet are fucking weird. <laughs> that's true. Can confirm. <laughs> that's very true. So today we're talking about Chapter 10 of Prisoner of Azkaban, the Marauder's Map. But before we get started, I just want to give a quick shout out to our new patron, Adele. If that name sounds familiar to you, it's because Adele was our guest two weeks ago. So if you haven't listened to that episode yet, why aren't you going in order? Please go back, go listen to it. Um, That's a good one. And Adele's just the best. So love you, babe. So yeah, thanks for your patronage, which sounds way serious. (laughs) Like, we're in ancient Greece, and I'm, like, my patron of the arts. (laughs) Well, it's chapter 10, the Marauder's Map. We know what happens in this one. I'm so freaking excited. Oh, real quick, um, an additional shout-out. I did not have time to read the chapter. I listened (gasps) to it. Don't come at me. Um, I've had a very busy week. I'm notorious for overbooking myself. So, shout-out to my best friend, Haley, for outlining these notes for me and if if i read something and it sounds like something that maybe Haley would say it's because she did i tried to write it more or less (laughs) in your usual tone but we also have at this point uh amalgamated our comedic tones so yeah it's our brand yeah it's our brand Okay, so this chapter starts with a little montage of the weekend. So, like, as a reminder, the end of the last chapter was <laughs> rough. Okay, Harry falls off his broomstick because Dementor Town, and everyone thought he died and his broomstick got pulverized. Okay, so, and then freaking Madame Pomfrey doesn't let him leave the hospital wing all weekend because trauma. It's really boring. The trauma. There, there's no TVs. They don't have TVs. <laughs> yeah, what do they do in the hospital wing all weekend? Yeah, he doesn't read for fun. 
It says that Ron and Hermione came and kept him company the whole time, but yeah. like that's still that's a long time to just sit with your friends. Like Hermione <laughs> brought him his homework. I was gonna say they're studying for the finals, of course, because <laughs> they're always so, like, studying for the finals in October. I'd be like Hermione, come on, Hermione always studies for finals. Yeah, literally, she's studying extra hard this year too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she is. Many many classes. Oh my god, Hermione, go take a nap. Okay. The Quidditch team comes to visit Harry, and they bring Oliver Wood, um, and Oliver Wood tells Harry hollowly that he doesn't blame him for their loss to Hufflepuff. Do we think that the twins made him come? Yes, yeah. probably. <laughs> I think that the tw- I think that like the chasers uh, were trying to gently talk him into it, and Fred and George were like, "No, you you need to go down there, dude. Like, it's he's not okay." Yeah, I mean, yeah, Harry's having a hard time. Also, this small little detail that he won't let Madame Pomfrey throw away the splinters Mm -hmm. remains of his Nimbus 2000, which is just so heartbreaking. Do y'all have the same thing as I do where, like, every rock and tree and creature has a life, has a spirit, has a name, and it's, like, hard (laughs) to throw away a toothbrush? Yes, I understand this. (laughs) Yeah, you should see our house. (laughs) When I was little, and I used to have to throw away a toothbrush, which now I use, like, a, like, a motorized toothbrush, but I would have to, like, bury it in my trash can so it wouldn't, like, look at me, you know? (laughs) Like, (laughs) like, really lay it to rest. I feel this. (laughs) It's funny. I was like this way with anything that had to do with my, like, theater experience in high school. So it would be like, no, I can't throw this pencil out. This is the pencil that I used (gasps) in the rehearsal where I almost fell off the stage. It's sentimental. (laughs) No, I can't. I can't throw out this piece of tape. Um, that stuck to my shoe. Um, that was a spike mark on the. St- it was a spike mark on the stage for this very wonderful musical. That definitely That's awesome. So, like I can't. So like to the point where I literally have a box full of theater memorabilia from high school that I can't throw out, and it's like an old newspaper that I used as a prop once. <laughs> yep. Yeah, Sean, my husband is allowed to have one drawer of like memorabilia. You have a whole house. Can you not let him have more than one drawer? Here's the thing. No. He doesn't want any of it. He just has some weird... He's, like, a little emotionally detached, so he had this has this weird, like, phantom guilt of, like, thinking he should hang on to things. So he doesn't even want the crap. I have a single file folder of old boyfriend's love letters. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Suffice it to say that I do understand Harry, and I would also have a hard time. For something like my Nibis 2000, I would probably figure out a way to, like, make art out of that, you know? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's his first broom that he remembers having, so Mm -hmm. it's like, yeah. Yeah. Aw. It's a big deal. I have a question about how this could be a school full of wizards, and they're like, yeah, we can't repair your broom. Why? Like, how is it? Like, I don't get how, because they say in the previous... In the previous chapter, it says a dozen bits of splinter. That's 12 pieces. It seems like a wizard could very easily just glue it back together, you know, but with magic. I think that Dumbledore could fix the broom. I don't think just anyone could fix it, but I think Dumbledore could. Of course, Dumbledore could. He has the Elder Wand. But this is. This reminds me of a conversation we had earlier. Didn't we have a good conversation, Charlie, earlier about the fact that. 
So we were listening to your podcast from before, and you guys were talking about glasses. Um, and mm-hmm. I said, it's a wizarding world. They have magic. Why do they have bad eyesight? Why can't they fix it's things that are broken? I don't understand. It's like... Yeah, Harry's yeah. got the glasses. I wonder if anyone else has glasses in the whole entire series. Percy does. Oh, yeah. Oh, he would. He, his are clear. His are not prescription. Percy wears them <laughs> to look smart. He's not smart. He's a poser. I think Arthur has them too, and Dumbledore. Yeah, Dumbledore. Dumbledore Mostly the old people have glasses. glasses, Dumbledore's are for the drama. Okay, we're able to explain away all of these glasses. You know what would be really (laughs) funny, though, is if, like, you could, you know, magically get your eyesight fixed, and Harry just doesn't. Like, let's say he really is the only person who wears glasses, and he gets to, like, the end of his seventh year, and he's like... I don't know, his glasses break or something, and someone's like, why don't you just get your eyesight fixed? And he just looks around and he's like, you can do that? (laughs) (laughs) This is canon. This is canon. Was no one gonna tell me? After the Battle of Hogwarts, his glasses break in the Battle of Hogwarts during the final duel with Voldemort, and he's like, all right, well, shit, now I have to go get a new prescription. Everyone's like, you know, you can just get that fixed, right? Like, what? (laughs) I mean, they break Every book, at least once. I mean, they're always breaking. Would you say that bad eyesight can be fixed currently in the muggle world? To some extent, yes. Yeah. Well, four out of five people on this call are wearing glasses anyway. I'll so. leave. I'll let myself Maybe. out. <laughs> so I couldn't have mine fixed. I'm too old. It's too bad. But Really? Yeah. My eyesight's so bad that it's against FDA regulations to perform LASIK on me, and yes, I am still sensitive about it. <laughs> well, there I, you go. I did the research. They basically say that if I have LASIK, that's great. I pay all that money, and I still need glasses, so. That sucks. Yep. Yeah. And I'll probably get retina detachment, so yeah, not going to do it. <laughs> Maybe Harry's eyesight is too bad. They're like, mm, magic can't fix this. You're just screwed. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> but yeah, they should be able to fix that broom. <laughs> My eyesight is just inconvenient enough where I don't have to wear glasses regularly, but I would in school and in college so that I could read the mm. board. Um, so I'll yes. just I'll be driving and I'll be like, I have no clue where I am. I don't know what that street sign says. I don't know what <laughs> highway exit that is. It's all yeah. just a gamble until I get close enough to read it. And I'm like, oh, that's my exit. <laughs> Wow, that's deeply relatable. <laughs> I know someone who does that all the time. Right, Charlie? Your husband? Yeah, your father. <laughs> it's terrible. So, Harry's not okay. That's He's true. thinking about death. Thinking about his death. Thinking about the harbinger of death, of the grim that he keeps seeing before his near-death experiences. Thinking about Horrible. his mom's death. It's not, um, it's not great. Yeah, no, it's, this is one of those moments that, like, I read now as an editor, and I know that as an editor, if I'd been given this, I would have been like, okay, but, like, really get, like, let's really get into his thought process here when he's lying alone at night thinking about his, like, mother's dying screams. Oh my god. But, like, honestly, it's not even really necessary here. It's like, nope, that's... That's kind of all you need. Like, he's in the hospital wing, lying awake at night after his friends leave and thinking about his dead mom. Yeah, sometimes you just, like, dwell on something without really, like, thinking about it, you know? Mm, Yeah. So he's really happy to go back to school on Monday, even though um, Draco Malfoy's arm is healed in, (laughs) like, dramatic air quotes, healed. From his big injury. From his grave injury, yes. Um, So he's now able to do dramatic impressions of Harry fainting again. Um, 
But Harry prefers that to sitting alone in a hospital wing with no TVs and dwelling on his and his mother's deaths. Yikes. Yeah, big yikes. Yeah, eventually, so Jacob's doing these impressions. Ron throws a crocodile heart at him. I, like, and, just book Ron, man. Book Ron is yeah, so ride or die. Him. He's ready to fight. Yeah. Every Weasley will <laughs> fight you. That's why they're in Gryffindor. Yeah. Just, they'll do it. Yeah. They're bold. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Snape docks Gryffindor 50 points, Haley. This is in your notes. Is that real? Yeah. That's, that's crazy. Yeah, no, it's like Ron cracks, flings a large slippery crocodile heart at Malfoy, which hits him in the face and causes Snape to take (laughs) 50 points from Gryffindor. You know yeah. that's got to make like a nice wet sound. Like I'm imagining, <laughs> I, think I can hear like it. A, like, like a slurping, like a raw steak or like a chicken breast, like slapping across <laughs> someone's face. You know? Oh that's man! Great. I hope it's splatted. What an insult! I would love to slap someone's raw chicken breast. I think that's worth the fifty <laughs> points. I think you should get fifty points. Yeah. <laughs> if I was the teacher, I'd be like, oh my god, that was amazing. 50 points to Gryffindor. Yeah. That's a 50 point shot right there. That's what Dumbledore would say, yes. Yeah. <laughs> or he'd think it at least. <laughs> um, And then he'd have some, like, he'd come out and be like, Draco, a chicken breast from an enemy is almost a sh- handshake from a good friend or something and walk away. <laughs> just Dumbledore things (laughs) just whimsical cryptic bullshit (laughs) so they go to defense against the dark arts thank god Lupin is back they all like fuss over him they're like complaining about Snape and the homework two rolls of parchment two rolls of parchment parchment. Um, and then Lupin's like, don't even worry, you don't have to do that. And Hermione's bummed because she already did it. But she's probably not that bummed because she got to learn something, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, you mean that her teacher is a werewolf? Because this is when she figured it out. And she hasn't said shit to no one. She's good about that. Yeah, yeah. Well, she she's she's loyal. She's like, I don't know, we'll discuss that good. later this chapter when she gets real annoying, but... Oh, okay. <laughs> Okay, yeah, well, yeah, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> but for, yeah, for right now, she's being a real homie, you know? Yeah, and Lupin's kind of, like, smiling through all this, and I feel like he's just, like, good. They're so annoyed by the homework that no one had the opportunity to think critically about what a werewolf is and how to kill them. Lupin's just always smiling through these things. I love him. Like, in the first class, he was smiling as, like, they were going up to peeves and everything, too. He just is, like, really calm. He, like, trusts himself, you know? I love this man. I do, too. I think his smile was more that, like, he was amused being like, Snape, you motherfucker. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Just being like, oh, my God, you sly bastard. I see what you were trying to do here. And then he's just laughing at, like, Snape just taking over his class in general and, like, just being like, Snape. You shithead. I can't believe you. <laughs> but on the other hand, I can absolutely believe you. I do believe, believe it, you. yeah. Snivelly snake. Yeah. Up until this point, Lupin's probably been like, good, we're both adults now. We can go along <laughs> to get along. You thought. <laughs> Snape is still living his 12-year-old life. Yeah. Yes. Forever. Forever young. I have, fi- like, I 500% have memories of this situation happening in school where, like, we would have a really mean sub one day, and then when the 
teacher comes back and the next day we're all like, oh my gosh, she was, because the, the sub would always be like, I'm writing all of your names down and I'm leaving it for, I'm leaving it for your teacher in a note on her desk <laughs> that you were awful. And then like. Just like the roll call with a poster <laughs> yeah. that's like bad. Yeah. <laughs> and then like, we'd come in the next day, like panicked being like, oh my, she was so mean. And we had this, and she wasn't listening to us that we have the rule about the cat in the window. And then <laughs> like, and then, you know, your teacher's always like, it's okay, it's okay. Like, I understand. Yeah, I literally don't care about this person's opinion at all. <laughs> yeah. 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 When teachers, like, have to take a day off, they either, like, request a specific substitute in advance, or they're just like, fuck it, I can't come do what you want. And so they're probably like, I don't know what this human is who's coming into my classroom. But here's my question about Lupin. Do we think Lupin gave the same lecture to... No. Do we think Snape gave the same lecture to Lupin's other classes? Probably. Do we think he yeah. su- substituted those other classes? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. He's just like, we're going to talk about werewolves today. I'll say everybody. <laughs> just everyone learned about werewolves. Like, I think Snape has a crush on a werewolf. He will not shut up about that. <laughs> Snape just goes up to the seventh years. You're going to talk about werewolves today. I don't care if you already covered it. <laughs> it's not even in our book, but who cares? Which is just like, so funny to think about the fact that like, Let's say he taught literally the entire school about werewolves, and it's just Hermione who connected point A to point B. <laughs> that tracks. That does track. <laughs> that, that tracks. We were talking about her earlier. I think probably Luna's the kind of person who would figure that shit out and never say a damn thing. It would make sense that Luna figured it out, but she would also be the person to be like, yeah, it's no big deal. Well, werewolves are fine. Yes. Or even if she said anything, everyone would be like, Psh, Professor Lupin's a werewolf. Oh, sure. Okay. <laughs> She definitely said something about it. She's just like, oh yeah, Lupin's a werewolf, didn't you know? And then everyone's just like, yeah, sure. Yeah, sure. It's quite peculiar sure. that Snape gave us the lesson on werewolves. <laughs> I think that Lupin is a werewolf. Yeah, sure, Luna, and McGonagall's a troll, anyway. <laughs> no, she's a cat. <laughs> she does occasionally troll people. Yay. Wow, that's true. That's true. But does she get a troll on her OWLs? Mm. <laughs> oh, jeez. T for troll. Babe, go take a nap, okay? <laughs> Remember how I've been doing this for an hour and I'm right in the middle of it and I'm not done yet? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Just cat. Just cat things. Um, so then they do a lesson on hanky punks. Sounds fun. Sounds cool. That's a fun name for a critter. Hanky punk. That sounds like a tiny punk. Honestly, Haley, that sounds like your friend Emma. Just like a tiny, adorable punk girl. <laughs> See, I was thinking of Pokemon. I've always thought like, oh, uh, yeah. I, know I know it's described as like a little wispy, smoky thing, but I've always pictured like, like a creepy Jigglypuff. Okay. Oh, yeah. yeah. I can yeah, see that hinky, for sure. Hinky punk. So. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, the hinky punks are like the Will of the Wisps from Brave. That's like, it's the oh, same yeah. thing. Oh, wait. I love that movie. I haven't seen it in so long. What the heck? I'm always here with the folklore facts. <laughs> <laughs> so after class, Lupin holds Harry back to ask how he's doing. Um, Not good. That's Harry's like, that's terrible. Harry's Thanks doing. for asking. He's like, I am plagued by the sound of my mother's dying scream. Okay. So like, no, I'm not great. And my broom broke. <laughs> <laughs> that's more important. The broom broke. Come and on. I lost a Quidditch for the first time. And Wood's sad. Yeah. Wood. <laughs> 
So Lupin's like, oh man, that sucks. Um, sucks about your broom, bro. Lupin reveals they planted the Whomping Willow the same year I arrived at Hogwarts. Hmm. Don't I just love word choice. You can say whatever you want to. You know what I mean? Like you can mm-hmm. just Haley's just like raising her eyebrows over and over and over again. You have such control, Haley. <laughs> a very controlled waggle that's what i'm going for there you go so the reason that we're all wiggling our eyebrows some better than others is because they planted it because of him <gasps> dun, dun, dun. I, I remember that later he's like remember when i said this line to you well let me call back. reveal more now yeah throwback thursday he's like maybe you should Think critically about the things people say to you. That could be an interesting thing for you to try, mm-hmm. Harry. And Harry's like, no. <laughs> Hermione's not there, so critical thinking is non existent right now. It's true. No, Harry's a bull in a china shop. He just goes forward, forward. He doesn't, <laughs> doesn't think. It's so true. Gryffindor. Um, that's like the plot of this chapter. <laughs> So Lupin and Harry are just, like, talking about the Dementors a little bit. Lupin kind of explains, like, why Dementors affect Harry so much. The reason is mm-hmm. trauma. The trauma? The trauma. It's all about the trauma in this book. Trauma. <laughs> I don't want a cheerful clapping trauma. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is that, like, I don't 100% buy this because other people have experienced trauma. Hmm. Like, he can't be the only one in the entire school who has witnessed a murder or had something really traumatic happening to them. Yes, Haley. Luna did. Her mother died. Remember right in front of her? So you'd think they would affect her the same way. Yeah. Yeah. I think, like, I think Luna's probably the only other person in the school who's, like, had a parent die in front of them at all. But I have... There are a lot of ways to become traumatized. True. But, like, I have heard the theory that, like, the reason Harry goes to pieces isn't necessarily because it's his worst memory. It's also the piece of Voldemort's soul inside him's worst memory. So it's, like, literally yeah. the memory of dying himself. Yeah. Wow. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, He's also just got twice the trauma because there's like there's two of him. Trauma squared. Yeah. (laughs) So it's like the beginning of the realization that the connection is there. Yeah, I am kind of flashing back to like other theories we've had about this now that we're talking about it. Like we talked about how Harry, this is like a repressed memory for Harry slash slash he just was too little to remember. And so his brain kind of like short circuits trying to like take him there. Or um, I think Brooke is the one who said that like, this is getting kind of intense, but like if Lily like like covered his eyes before he could bear witness, that maybe his brain is just inclined to take him like to darkness to experience this. Mm. Ooh, I got chills. <laughs> Lily, Lily, why? <laughs> so I've I've always been a little bit confused about the Dementors because it says that they. Every, like, every good feeling, every happy memory will be sucked out of you. It will feed on you long enough to reduce you to something like itself. It, it like, constantly says that it feeds on, like, happiness and, and happy memories and whatnot. So then, like, why? Because And then it also says that, or uh, Lupin also says that they were drawn to the Quidditch match because of all that excitement and emotional highs and everything. So then, like, why I don't buy this theory then that, like, oh, well, Harry's the most traumatized 
like, wouldn't it be the opposite that, like, the Dementors would be more drawn to people with super happy memories as you opposed to so. Harry, who, like, has to make up a happy memory in order to make a Patronus later on? Spoiler alert. Yeah. It would make sense. I'm just thinking maybe that they, because they pull out all your happy memories, he doesn't have many. So they immediately, he immediately goes to the dark place right away because mm-hmm. he doesn't have the happy memories. Like, if he were to go after one of the Weasleys, while they're not perfect, they have a lot of happy memories of their family and being together. It would take a while to suck all the good out before oh. they would get to the bad stuff. He doesn't have enough good. I keep getting chills. So, like, it says that they feed on happy memories, but I feel like that's probably an oversimplification of what they do because they do seem to get something out of human misery as well. Like they, because they mm-hmm. are like at Azkaban. Yeah, so like they, they like generate misery for themselves and like feed. So I'm not really sure of the exact mechanics, but that is a good point, Mary Clay. I feel like it's like we're talking about like heat and cold here, where it's like cold is like kind of doesn't actually exist. It's just like is there warmth? You know what? And it's like when you take <laughs> cold, cold does not exist. There's only heat. And when the, you take the heat away, that's when you have cold. So it's like, I feel like that's kind of what we're talking about here is like, when you take the happy away, it's like you're left with misery. So like, I do like the idea that like Harry just doesn't have nearly enough like happiness for them to like, have a nice little buffet on his happy memories, you know? Yeah, all six of them. Yeah, all <laughs> six of them. <laughs> Yeah, as an abused kid living in a closet for like 12 years or 11 years. Yeah. yeah. There's not many happy memories there. Yeah. Harry's like, I hear them murdering my mom. <laughs> and Lupin is has a visceral reaction. Well, Lupin had a crush on his mom. We all know this, right? <laughs> really? I think he had a huge I've crush on his mom. I've heard that theory, yeah. I'm way too deep into my Wolfstar fanfiction. I cannot come back. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but Lupin is by. Come on. I don't know if he had a crush on Lily. Wait, wait, what's your evidence? Lay it on me. I I just, the way he talks about her, I mean, I don't know. I think he I does. think this is movie Lupin you're talking about. Yeah, well, okay. About, so yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm talking a little movie Lupin, but I just, yeah, I get Movie I don't Lupin, know. the way he talks about Lily, just like, it kind of just, it, it feels does. like that. It, it makes it sound like they fucked is what it sounds like. Because <laughs> what, what happens in the movie is he says something about Harry's mom and then Harry gives him this look and then he goes, oh, yes. I knew her. <laughs> what did that mean? <laughs> it was like she was there for me in a time when no one else was. That's like the line. That he yeah. Which yeah. isn't true, yeah, obviously. That. But the like what I've always kind of gotten out of that line in the movie, because I do like the addition of that line, but I am pretty sure it's just in the movie, is like mm-hmm. later in like this book and a few I think a few other ones, you learn that the Potters like the, the Order of the Phoenix knew that there was a mole and it was someone who was close to the Potters and they suspected that it might be Lupin. No one wanted to think it was Lupin, but like he's a werewolf. He's a werewolf. Yeah, he's a werewolf. Yeah. He's constantly getting like socially shafted, so like it would kind of make sense. He has a motive. Always yeah. going to be suspicious. Yeah. 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 So like I can see Lily being the only one who's like absolutely fucking not. Of course, it's not Lupin, and how dare you even suggest that? I also just feel like Lily is like a Mary Sue, which is fine because she doesn't exist in this series at all. So like, that's fine. But like, there is no one who doesn't love her. Everyone fucking loves Lily to the point where I am like, I kind of don't like her. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> so like, of course, Lupin loved her. Everyone loved her. Except She's sister. the best. Yeah. yeah. Except Petunia. Well, we can talk about that. It's a whole other story. <laughs> 
it could have also maybe been like a Hermione situation where before any of his other friends found out about him being a werewolf, Lily was the one to to be like, guys, are we not putting the clues together here? Like, I think it's pretty obvious. And then she goes to him and is like, I know you're a werewolf. It's okay. I love you, bro. Come talk to me after the full moon. And we can have Cocoa Puffs by the fireside and in the Great Hall for breakfast that morning, <laughs> you know? That's great. She gives him a lily that turns into a fish that says, I love you, even if you're a werewolf. <laughs> <laughs> that must be your calling card, right? Yeah. <laughs> Why is there this isn't, fish here? Isn't that only in the movies? Yeah, that's Slughorn's thing. thing. No, yeah. no, that's totally in the books, too. What? Was it? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. yeah. I thought that was just a movie thing. No, that's totally in the books. It's been a while since I've read these things. I mean, now that I'm saying it, I don't feel as but, confident, uh, <laughs> but like, I'm pretty sure. Catch us in fucking... F- Wait, okay. We're going to be covering that in fucking... What? I think it's 2023, 2024. So catch us for that. Hang in there for that. When, when you get there and you find out you're wrong, just, you know, <laughs> just be like, Mental Charlie, note. this is a test. Yeah. <laughs> Um, okay, so to bring us back to the book, <laughs> the book. <laughs> that sounded really condescending. I'm what so sorry. Book? I just what? wanted to b- b- to bring up what. So, first of all, Harry like blurts out. He's like, "I can hear Voldemort murdering my mum." <laughs> and Harry <laughs> always says blurting stuff to Lupin. It's like it's almost like no adult has ever shown him an ounce of compassion yeah. before. And then it says Lupin yeah. made a sudden motion with his arm as as though he made to grip Harry's shoulder, but thought better of it. So he clearly was like going to hug him or something, and then was like, "Oh wait, he doesn't." Actually, does Harry know at this point that Lupin knew? His parents? No. Okay. no. Lupin keeps being like, this is James's son, and I'm like, he his impulse is to treat him like James's son, but then he like reminds himself that to, to Harry, it's he's just a student and, and like I don't Lu- they don't even mention Lupin later when they mention no. like I know, all poor the, the friends. <laughs> well, maybe honestly, probably if Lupin had come up during that conversation, I feel like McGonagall would have shut it down as like inappropriately talking about a peer. Oh you know? yeah, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Harry asks Lupin for help learning to fight the Dementors, and Lupin's like, "There are ways to do that." And I'm like, "Okay, there's one way, and you know exactly how to do it." Honestly, I wonder if Lupin's like, "Bro, you're never gonna learn this because of all your trauma." Okay, you need happy memories for this. He's also a young kid, so you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. It is a very advanced spell, but Harry does it. Harry's so good at defensive magic and nothing else. Which is why he's going to make a perfect aura someday. Could have made an excellent defense against the Dark Arts teacher, but no. fine. Uh, <laughs> I, I told her she was going to have this argument if she said No, I, I like him as an aura. I think it's better. He's acting as an aura in, high sc- I mean, in school, and he's only like 11, 12, 13. He's doing all these things that auras do as a young kid. It's like a natural progression for him. Truly, and it is. I, I do, as someone with an English degree, understand how frustrating it is where when everyone in your life is like, you would make such a good teacher. And it's like, wow, I hate children so much. <laughs> <laughs> Unless Christina edited out earlier, I had just had I just did a big gasp. He feels almost like a more serious <laughs> version 
of like what Jake Peralta from Brooklyn Nine Nine would have been as a child, where like Harry oh, gets involved God. in like all of these like murder mysteries and these crimes, and he like goes investigating to like solve it all himself, and he like dives headfirst into the action without really like coming up with the plan. And so like <laughs> I do believe in that sense that like he would be like, yeah, I'm gonna be a wizard cop. Wait, there's a lot of, actually, parallels. Stoic, old advisor, know-it-all, gal Who's also gay! Along. Yeah, gay. Yeah. Wow. Okay, yeah. well, I guess we're doing a bonus episode about Brooklyn Nine-Nine! <laughs> <laughs> Here's the thing. I think that Harry makes a good aura. It's just that, like, I want him to be able to retire after a few years and become yes. a teacher because he does enjoy teaching and, like, he deserves a break. Yeah, he is very good yeah. when he runs the Dumbledore's army. Oh my god, he helps Neville learn how to do Expelliarmus. Yeah. We get a little bit of, like, a fall school montage. So quintessential Harry Potter. Like, it's getting cold. One morning they awoke to the lawns covered in frost. This is a beautiful transition in the movie, I should say. Yeah, you're right Because right L- Lupin's yeah. like, sure, I'll teach you, but not right. He's like, not right now. I need to rest. And then, like, oh, yeah. Hedwig flies off, I strength. think. And then, uh, and then like, the Hedwig snow. Hedwig, always the harbinger of the seasons changing. And then it shows the, the Whomping Willow, like, going through the seasons. This oh, week, yeah. Like, movie. I'm going yeah, cool. to bring up the movie a lot in just a second with this next scene. But, like, it's You're so You're on good. the movie oh, comparison yeah. episode, just as a reminder. I know, <laughs> but I love it too much to just, okay, okay let's no, go. Allowed. Let's go. You're completely allowed. It bleeds in. It just does. You got to do it. Yeah, to- totally. Totally. Well, especially because I think that a lot of this movie was done so well. So you know? perfect. We get a little bit of Quidditch. The Ravenclaws beat the Hufflepuffs at Quidditch. So Gryffindor isn't out of the running because sports math, my two favorite things. <laughs> I do not understand the Quidditch <laughs> Cup. And I'm not going to attempt to try. <laughs> According to Haley, Wood's manic energy is over 9,000. <laughs> <laughs> this montage just keeps on going straight into Christmas. It's snowing. Castle's pretty. Hedwig is at her in her peak hunting form. She's going to get those mice. She blends right in. Death from above. <laughs> <laughs> Ron and Hermione decide to stay for Christmas break to keep Harry company because they're ride or die and i'm clapping where Haley inserted emojis into her notes <laughs> <That's> <laughs> awesome. but they are this is very good of them to act you know what i mean to act like they're not staying for him but 100 to stay for him i think we've all been there for a friend in this way mm-hmm. yeah and we all need friends who will do something like this for us yeah it says you know? harry wasn't fooled they were doing it to keep him company and he was very grateful Yes, exactly. But it's like part of doing something like that for your friend is like protecting them from the guilt of being like, I'm staying for you, you know? It's like the whole package. Yeah, Ron's just like, I just can't stand the idea of two weeks alone with Percy and Hermione's like, oh, I just need to use the library. I'm taking so many classes. God, (laughs) there's no way in hell that Hermione's parents are ever cool with her staying at school for a break because she's an only child and she must be adored by her parents and like imagine her trying to like explain to them why she's saying oh my friend he's being pursued by a murderer who's already been seen in the castle once like i really just want to stay to support him emotionally (laughs) why haven't they tried to pull her out of the school no i think she just she does not inform her parents at all about what's happening 
Of course not. She can't. Yeah. She can't tell them. They wouldn't understand. She'll just say things like, uh, like first year, like, yeah, there was this really difficult, like, um, escape room that I had to do for an exam. Um, and, (laughs) (laughs) and it was, it was awesome. I got an A and they're like, awesome. And she just doesn't mention that, like, at the end of the escape room was Quirrell and, (laughs) <laughs> fucking Voldemort. Voldemort. And Voldemort, you know. And then, like, she is just definitely lying to her parents. And it's probably like, oh, yeah, we have to stay here. Wizards don't celebrate Christmas, you know? Like, jeez. <laughs> oh, <laughs> <laughs> and her parents are probably like, yeah, makes sense to me. Uh, yeah, I don't know. seriously. Wizard Christmas? Wizard Christmas is the best. It is the best. Very aesthetic. I love how non secular it is. Is that the right word? Yep. How? Yeah. I love how non-secular Wizard Christmas is. Like, if everyone's... If Christmas Everywhere was Wizard Christmas... No, it, it would be secular. It's secular. Oh, it's secular? Yeah, yeah, it would be secular. Clearly, I don't talk about I don't about know what stuff. secular means either. It's okay, Christina. Secular <laughs> means divorced from religion. Great. Okay, I love how Christmas at Hogwarts doesn't have Jesus anywhere in it. It's just fun snow time. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's and just like full pagan aesthetic. Trees and decorations and parties. Which is weird because Jesus was... Definitely a wizard. Jesus, Jesus was, was definitely a wizard. A wizard. Yeah, so, like, oh, that sounds like a Christmas bonus episode to me. Oh, we were talking about this earlier, Charlie. Right? We said Moses had to be a wizard too because part of the sea. Yeah, or at the very <laughs> least, he's a waterbender. There you go. Yes. Oh, even better. <laughs> they all blend. Everything is connected. It all blends. I'm still laughing at last week's episode where Andrew said, um, "Someone call Moses. We need a boat." <laughs> I didn't hear him when we were recording, but on the playback, I was like, that's a good one. I'm going to leave that in. (laughs) You don't catch a Ravenclaw fucking up very much. And when you do, you leave it in. So the last day of term, um, there's going to be another Hogsmeade trip, which is cool. That's good planning. Let everyone do their Christmas shopping. Harry's not excited because he can't go. As a reminder, he does not have permission Which, again, he should have just lied about. Like, why the fuck didn't he just forge a signature? He's not smart like that. (laughs) He's not smart. Because he's an honest kid. He's not going to do that, which is stupid. He's honest. Are we talking about the same kid? I think he's honest by accident, not on purpose. He's not, like, a huge liar. He just likes to break the rules. But, I mean, this one, this is a rule he's not breaking. He could have. I would have. Yeah, why not? But He lies for the greater good. Exactly. Ooh. So Harry is planning to spend the time looking for a new broom in a catalog he borrows from Oliver Wood. Which I, I love the name of it. It's Witch Broomstick. Like witch, like W-H-I-C-H. But yeah. also witch. Uh, yeah, witch. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. Playing words. Love witch, it. witch. There's no shortage of excellent names in these books, you know? They all, they all kind of have a little bit of like, oh, I see what you did there. Here, Fred and George... Haley wrote Gret and Forge. Gret and Forge? I was like, wait, am I reading this? There you go. Gret and Forge to the rescue. I love, I do love this in the movie where they like See. bodily intercept him, you know? Yeah, they just like, just on take him to another room, like. They kidnap him. Well, he's sneaking <laughs> around in the movie in his cloak, but you can see his footprints. So dumb. So. <laughs> It's snow on the ground. You Hello. can see his footprints. Yeah, because it's snow. I love the idea that like he doesn't fool Fred and George for one second. You know, like I kind of like that. Like they're the masters. They're very big brother. Not big brother in the 1984 sense, but like big brother in the <laughs> they're big brothers sense. Yeah, in the in the they're very Charlie playful kind of way. Uh huh. Yeah, mm-hmm. they are. So they bequeath unto Harry 
a bit of old parchment. Yay! Yay. What's this rubbish? He says. I could probably <laughs> quote this whole scene from the movie. I won't. I say that. I might <laughs> still do it anyway. They're trying to convince him that it is of a valuable piece of parchment, and he doesn't believe them. Do y'all have friends where you kind of can't ever tell if they're joking yes. and you kind of don't believe yes. anything they say? Uh-huh. I am that friend. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Except that sometimes we still believe them, Mike. <laughs> oh my god, Mike! Are you talking about the whole Buccaneers thing with the Super Bowl? Yes, the tropical, pi- the tropical Viking thing. <sighs> I didn't think he'd lie to me. I thought that was for no. He does it all the time. Reference to, but like every time he posted yeah. on Facebook recently, it was like, "Well, we picked up and moved to St. Louis." <laughs> I was like, what? "Like once a day." He was like, "Well, St. Louis didn't work out, so Brooke and I have moved to New York." And City. like every single one, there were like three people in the comments, like, "Oh man, that's such a great move for you. Like you're really gonna love it here." <laughs> every day for like a week. <laughs> Um, some people you just can't trust them in a in a fun way, not in a scary way. So it's the Mar- it's the Marauders map. They show them how it works. Um, do you? I mean, I have a lot of questions. I probably wouldn't have given Harry the Marauders map. I probably would have told him where the secret passageway is and kept the map. I think they have it all memorized. They they say that, yeah. But I like being able to see where people are. That though. is the most yeah. useful thing. About yeah. It. Makes it easier to mm-hmm. sneak around, and they maybe like they to sneak like the around. thrill though. They're they're it's been too easy the last couple of years. So they're yeah. like we need yeah. to we need to make mm-hmm. it fun again. How do we do that? Yeah. Let's get rid of the map. <laughs> like in this conversation, like they mentioned, like oh we were up most of last night talking about this, and like we've decided that you need it more than we do. And yeah, on this read through, I kind of developed a theory that like Harry has maybe told Ron and Hermione about what happens to him around Dementors. Like, maybe Ron was trying to convince him again to sneak out, and he's like, if I get near those Dementors, I'm going to hear my mom dying. Um, And, like, I feel like Ron might have told Fred and George, and Fred Uh and George were like, this kid's life is extremely sad. He needs one nice thing. It's funny how, like, this is for sure the Molly in them, but, like, Molly would be livid, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I love their family so much. I don't want any children, but one day I want to be a Molly Weasley. And I'm like, damn it, I think those two things have to go together. <laughs> I'm sure you could find a workaround. I don't know how, but... Take everyone else's children. You can do it. I'll just adopt all the sad orphans in my life. There you go. So there's a secret passage to Honey Duke. Secret on passage. The map. Yeah, secret. <laughs> so- secret tunnel. Secret Secret you kind of have secret tunnels. It's an old castle, yeah. right? Of course. Of course. Man, Lots of okay. Them. Just like super randomly. Here, here's my brag. When I was in high school, I used to do, I was in theater and I did set design and decoration. And I one time won an award at the Kennedy Center for contributing to the design of a stage for a murder mystery play, the most fun play I've ever worked on in my life that involved. Um, like moving bookcases and secret passageways, and that's my brag. That was I that I peaked. That was my I peaked at that time. <laughs> that was the greatest night of my life. <laughs> um, shout out to Leela and her beautiful song. I peaked in high school. I relate <laughs> oh, to that. So good. <laughs> oh great. Harry thinks about breaking the rules for approximately 0.3 seconds before promptly breaking the rules and um, obviously taking the passage to Honey. Well, wait. It's fu- hang on. I want I want to talk uh, more about the about the map. Okay, go ahead. They reveal that 
they nicked it from Filch's office first year. I'm pretty sure it's the exact intonation from the movie. Anyway, they took it from Filch's office. So it's a blank piece of paper. I don't, okay. I just, I just have a lot of questions. I just have a lot of questions because. Okay. Let me see. Lay it on me. It says, he probably suspected what it was though, or he wouldn't have confiscated it. And then they say, how do you, and you know how to work it? Oh yes. This little beauty's taught us more, blah, blah, blah. And then they say, I, you know, tap the parchment and say, I solemnly swear that I'm up to no good. So, and then it says, um, Messrs. Mooney, Wormtail, Padfoot, and Prongs, Purveyors. What is that short for? I don't know what Messrs. is. I don't know. Okay, you keep talking. I'm going to Google it. What, Messrs.? No, wait, wait. It just is Masters. It's just Misters. Yeah, it's, it's just like the Misters. Yeah. Mister. yeah. It just it's means just It spelled so yeah. weird. I it spelled M-E-S-S-R-S. I, I, I used to think no. it meant like Messers, like they mess shit up. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's what well, I thought they do. Messers I mean... have become the Messies. <laughs> Anyone know that reference? Anyone? Anyone? It's friends. It's friends. Oh, friends. It's from okay, the yeah, episode yeah. where we don't know that they know we know we they know. <laughs> yeah, okay, okay. Oh jeez. Anyway, yeah. So it says it says Messrs. Mooney, Wormtail, Padfoot, Prongs, purveyors of aids to magical mischief makers are proud to present the Marauders map, and it's this very specialized, specific map of Hogwarts. So does that mean that like maps like this? exist already because it says that like they don't know what filch they like filch maybe suspected what it was but didn't fully know so does that mean that like there have already been maps like this in existence and then also how the heck did fred and george decide to try out the phrase i solemnly swear i'm 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 up to no good they're always up to no good Teenagers have a lot of spare time. They don't have jobs. They can just try shit forever. I know, but they're teenagers. I don't think I ever would have thought about the word solemnly. Like, keep in mind that, like, the map doesn't only ever respond to the password. Like, the passphrase. Like, if you try to make the map tell you something, the map's gonna talk back. So I think that this was, I think that this was a matter of trial and error because as much as the map can identify when like an authority figure is trying to get into it, Snape. Exactly, exactly. I think it can also detect the kinds of people that this is made for because this is something I'd never really clocked before: is purveyors of aids to magical mischief makers. It kind of mm. sounds like the Marauders, like before the whole Voldemort thing really took off. Oh, it kind of sounds like they wanted to, like, like Fred and George, they wanted to start a joke shop. Like, it kind of sounds like uh, they were shut up. Like they were making inventions uh, because, like, just wait. Can we get that AU? I, right, I would love that because, like, look at the just look at the grammar of Marauders. It's not Marauders, uh, like S apostrophe. It's not like the plural possessive, as in like it is the map of them. It's a map for any Marauder. Oh my god. So they aren't the Marauders? No, they are the Marauders. I think they're the original, they're the Marauders. original Marauders. But this is but for, it's for any Marauder. Any Mar- it's, they're not saying this is by us. This They're saying this is for anyone. So it's kind of like the room of requirement. A little bit. Sort so of. I think so that, like it'll let you in if you like want to be. Yeah, it let like in. I think know. that it, I think that it like asked Fred and George kind of leading questions until yeah. they got <laughs> the phrase right. Yeah. Or they could have just done the spell like Snape did, and because they are mischief makers, I mean, obviously it was specifically cursed to say something rude to oh, Snape because Snape right. is their their they hated yeah, Snape all through Snape school. But because they're mischief makers, maybe when they asked it to reveal its secrets or something of that, re- it told them That's what it my was. Theory. 
What if it pulled up with a, like, username, password, forgot password? <laughs> <laughs> and then they just reset the password to, I saw on the I also really no like good. that theory. I think that's what it was. I like that. Um, what if the Marauders map um, has a bunch of disses about Snape preloaded into it? Oh, definitely. But they're, like, old disses, so it's just, like, could the person fucking with this map who got rejected by Jessica Smith before the Yule Ball, like, stop <laughs> trying to fuck with this map and Snape, like, fucking 35-year-old Snape is like, whoa, what the fuck? <laughs> that was all excellent, because that's something that, like, I've truthfully wondered about this, you know, all these years, being, like, how the heck did they come up with, you know, d- discover the password? And- I always, always wondered about it. And this is the best theory I can come up with. Okay. I think that makes sense. Yeah, that checks out. They want people they to They wanted the right it. people to use it. Yeah, the right people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That leads me to wonder, like, could someone, like, who could have gained access to that without the proper phrase? Like, could Hermione? No. Because she no, is, no, like, no. kind of a narc. No. <laughs> what do you mean, kind of? <laughs> Do you need that specific phrase, or do you just need to say a phrase that's letting them know you that's are? That's what I think. I think that if you say, like... I'm here to fuck around. Show me your tricks. Up. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I'm here to fuck yeah. around. That It'll be like, okay, well... That's, and then that's, it- my, that's my Marauder spell. I'm here to fuck <laughs> Welcome, friend. <laughs> <laughs> Speak, will friend, happen. and enter. <laughs> <laughs> so Harry walks for, like, 100 million years. He doesn't grab his cloak. Yeah, or go get any money. I know. Or money. He's, He's the only rich one. No code at all. He's not a Ravenclaw. <laughs> not a We've Ravenclaw. established this. Yeah. He goes forward. He doesn't He's think like before he moves. He's like a dog. He's like, he sees the thing that he wants and he goes toward it. You know what I mean? He's just like, yes. So he ends up in the Honeyduke's cellar. Do we, do we think that the Honeyduke's owner knows that that is there? No. Mm-mm. No. Because they probably would have told Dumbledore, at least about the series, like, in regards to Sirius Black. Hmm. Um, He snakes upstairs, like, into Honeyduke's proper. There's, like, a bajillion children. Haley wrote a sound effect. I'm not sure how to say it. Oh. (laughs) Just the candy. You spell that H-N-N-N-N-G. Yeah. (laughs) And he finds Ron and Hermione debating which candy to get for him. Okay, if I, like, if this were me, I would be like, I'm gonna say something behind them. And it's gonna be the coolest reveal that anyone has ever seen in their entire lives. I mean, he kind of does. Yeah. No, for sure. No, no. I'm saying, I guess I'm saying I agree with him. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. They don't show him being, like, it's almost just like a, like an offhanded, little prank accidentally but i would have been like i'm gonna be the coolest person in the world right now i also would have done that except for i would have been standing there forever like waiting for like a good just waiting for them to turn around and notice <laughs> you or, or like okay i'm gonna jump in with a with the catchphrase like right now oh, i know no. what i would have done what? i would have just like been like hovering over them like just in between them like waiting for them to turn yeah, around just saying nothing yeah what are we looking at because <laughs> i've done that before Yes, we call that ghosting. Before ghosting was a thing, a different thing. Me and my friend Alexis did this thing. It works really well when you're like walking around a college campus where you like run up behind someone you know and you walk like yeah. right behind them, like their shadow. And then you like, and then they, you scare them when when they turn around and they're like, oh my god, it's you. Like, yeah, yep. I probably would have like bumped into them and been like, oh my god, sorry. Oh, 
<laughs> Fancy meeting you here. Um, I would have done what Harry in the movie does when he's under the cloak, which is steal the lollipop out of Neville's hand. <laughs> so rude. He walks around with it, and you can see the lollipop being yeah, it makes eaten no sense. Don't worry outside about it. the invisible. <sighs> don't worry, don't worry, don't worry. But I just think that's the funniest thing because, like, of all the people to go for and of all the candy to steal, he stole. Yeah, he wasn't thinking a lollipop from. Him does he grab it or does it just get stuck to the invisibility cloak? Oh, that would be funny. <laughs> That's so funny. Makes, that makes way more sense. It's just a gratuitous scene of special. Uh, that's great. It's terrible. That's great. I like that. Yeah, I, I, I like that too. But he doesn't do any of that, he says. like, No, he's like, don't give me that candy. That's gross. You no. idiots. Why would you bring me that it's candy? Co- it's cockroach clusters. I'd have been like, I want some more chocolate frogs, please. Yeah. He didn't even grab, like, a regular cloak, so he's just freezing this entire time. Yeah, he's a fucking idiot. In the movie, he's in his nondescript black hoodie. Classic. <laughs> the nondescript <laughs> clothing. Harry tells Ron and Hermione about the Marauder's map. Ron is obviously butthurt that Fred and George didn't give it to him. But, like, he's not... Sometimes Ron just talks, and it's like, obviously, Harry's a child in need. Hermione... Is fully believes <laughs> Hermione fully believes that Harry needs to give it to McGonagall, and she is full in narc mode in this chapter. But I also believe that she has a point. Nah, yeah, no, waffle. <laughs> I think that Hermione has a good greater point. I think Andrew brought up the issue before of like if a Marauder's map can be made, like if we know it can be made, why doesn't someone who The people who are trying to actively monitor the school, like, why aren't they developing technology like this? And I think that that's a good point. Hermione brings up a good point, like, if it falls into Sirius Black's hands, like, that is dangerous. But she also has no- they're in a candy shop. Like, Hermione, calm down. (laughs) Like, if this was your map, would you put it down anywhere where he could get hold of it? Right, exactly. It would be on my person forever. I'm sorry. I would carry it everywhere. sleeps with it. Yeah. Right, right. Yes, I would carry it everywhere. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, me too. And they have no reason to believe that he knows how to access it in any way. Because we don't know who he yeah, is but yet. They, yeah. But they also don't know that he doesn't know about any of these passages. <laughs> well, and he does. Yeah. Spoiler alert. Yep. <laughs> Obviously, he had to get in the castle somehow, right? It doesn't matter. Let's get candy. <laughs> Haley, you wrote that joke into my notes, and then you said it anyway. Yeah. <laughs> and? <laughs> here's here's what Haley's notes are. Harry points out that the only usable and unguarded passage is the one that Harry just used, so unless Sirius Black knows about that one, and then in a parenthetical, shit, fuck, wait, but does he, and then in a separate parenthetical, eh, who cares, candy, in all capitals. <laughs> <laughs> candy. That's how I imagine Harry's thought process goes. Like a golden retriever. Yeah. But see, if this map could be used to find Harry, then Harry could use it to make sure that Sirius Black isn't in the castle yeah, wow. looking for him. That's well, true. That's you know? too smart for Harry. Defensively. <laughs> you could use it defensively. But Hermione should have thought about that. It's a good defense. Hermione piece. absolutely should have thought about it. And how does Harry never see... Sirius Black on he eventually notices Peter Pettigrew but like how does he not see Sirius Black ever plot convenience love plot convenience (laughs) it's a big map and he's usually chilling in the woods yeah Yeah. and also if you write your main character to be kind of an idiot you can get away with anything he can be a lot yeah you can so they like walk around the town it's literally blizzarding which like can't imagine I I mean y'all live more north than we do but like 
It's supposed to snow tomorrow, and I'm like, ew, it's gonna snow like one inch, and I hate no, it. No, I'm excited. Hey, hey, guess who's been driving in snow the past few I days? I know. You're Don't so you brave. <laughs> You're so strong. Brave? I'm just, I'm just here making money, trying to live. I didn't go to the gym for a whole week because it snowed and melted on the same day, oh and God. I was like, icky. <laughs> You're weak. No, for sure, for sure. I don't fuck with the cold. I would never go to Hogwarts. So they, like, go get some butterbeer to warm up, and no sooner do they have their drinks than, like, literally half the Hogwarts faculty rolls in with the fucking wizard president. (laughs) (laughs) Which, like, okay, first of all, when they come in, Hagrid and Fudge are chatting like old friends, and I have fucking issues with that because- Yeah, that doesn't make sense. Fudge wrongfully sent him to Azkaban. For two months. And nobody likes Fudge, so why would anybody be treating no one likes fudge nobody likes fudge kissassery i think even like mcgonagall doesn't like fudge like no maybe flitwick genuinely likes fudge they actually kind of seem like they would get along because they're both silly boys you know (laughs) flitwick just like gets along with people though like like that's his defense mechanism flitwick yeah that and being like devastatingly amazing at dueling yeah devastating (laughs) he's super nice until he throws hands He's like the Yoda of like, Yoda! That's exactly what I was about to say! <laughs> um, is like Yoda. Okay, just like, also, I've never really thought about this before, but I hope that Sprout and Flewick are really good friends. I think they would be. That makes sense. It makes mm-hmm. sense that they'd be homies. Yeah, so, um, can someone, like, read what the teachers all order? Oh, goodness. It's funny. It just, not every single order is so persnickety. It's like, no one just orders a gin and tonic, you know what I mean? So, McGonagall gets a small gilly water. Okay, bitch. Um, Hagrid gets four pints of mulled mead, which I can only respect. It comes in pints? Four pints? <laughs> Hagrid's getting drunk. He's walking. What's the big deal? Oh yeah, Hagrid can take a lot of liquor. It's like yeah. the, full, the full opposite of the hobbits in the Green yeah, Dragon. It, <laughs> it comes in pints? It comes in gallons? Uh, Flitwick gets a cherry syrup and soda with ice and an umbrella. Come on, Aww. Flitwick, there's no liquor in there. Yeah, what are you doing? <laughs> and the minister gets a red currant rum, which doesn't sound... Now that sounds sound delicious. There we go. Yeah. Rum punch. That's the only drink I... I mean, I support McGonagall's Gilly Water fine. She feels like she has to be on it because she's a supervisory type guardian. But yeah, red currant rum sounds good. I will have Hagrid's order. <laughs> you could just, never. Just add, just add that would take the, the rum. professor's getting yeah. drunk. Hagrid's getting drunk in this one. Oh yeah, ha- Hagrid... Always gets drunk. drunk. I almost spilled my Bud Light as I was trying to say Hagrid gets drunk. <laughs> So the only other person drinking alcohol is Fudge, and then I think ultimately Rose Murta gets um, a, an alcoholic drink too. But Fudge doesn't get drunk, so we're this is a one for Hagrid. So we're up to three drunk Hagrids that we've witnessed, <laughs> and one drunk McGonagall. Because the teachers come in, they like shove Harry under the table. He spills his literal whole beverage because he can't have nice things. In. <laughs> Her notes are making me laugh in real time. Um, it's true though. It is true. He was having such a nice day. I know. I know. He can't He can't have nice things. I like this scene better in the movie, by the way. <laughs> I kind of do, too. Yeah. I kind of do, too. 
Hermione moves a literal Christmas tree, which I think I would notice if a Christmas tree, like, even just, nah. like, twitched, you know? And it, like, move, it moves, like, inches. Thank God they weren't Nobody paying attention. Nobody notices shit. Yeah, they're yeah. in a magic village. Things move. It happens. They're like, woo, I'm off work. Fuck children. I don't care about Even trees. though half of them are in this pub right Maybe now. McGonagall's already drunk and she's drinking the water to sober up because maybe <laughs> they shit, went to yeah. one of the other bars first. They went to Madame Bodyfoot's. <laughs> Does Madame Puttyfoot even serve alcohol? Yes. Um, they have a they speakeasy serve- in the back. <laughs> I was going to say they serve red wine. <laughs> oh, jeez. Okay, and then these teachers go on to scream in a bar packed full of their own students. Very private information. Very private information about one of their students. Honestly, it's like sitting down. There's just not. It's like sitting down. I mean, I don't have to, I'm trying to make an allegory, but it's like, it's just, it's as bad as it is. They're screaming private information about That's the family. It, of one it of makes so much more sense in the movie because they're up in a private room. Yeah. And he like sneaks yeah, in. And he sneaks like in under the invisibility cloak. And it's also a much more condensed conversation that conveys all of the same information. I love the camera effect of when he's under the invisibility cloak. My mom used to have this like, oh, I don't even know what material it is, but this like really weird blanket. And if you're underneath it, it looks like you're not. <laughs> I could just imagine you running around your house as a child with this blanket over your head, like, ooh, I'm invisible. <laughs> um, I definitely remember with my brothers putting it on like Harry does on that first Christmas and being like, my body's invisible. gone. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I always misquote everything. I misquoted Hamilton in last week's episode. I sang it so confidently. <laughs> and then on the, that's the thing with editing your own podcast is on the playback, you're like i'm a fucking idiot well i guess i'll just leave it because yeah i'm honest i guess if nothing else (laughs) oh no i'll go in and i'll edit like little postscripts for for myself all the time i'll be like also um i what I forgot to mention here is that Faramir breaks the cycle of toxic masculinity in his family (laughs) (laughs) Faramir okay wait wrong fandom i love him (laughs) <laughs> okay, so they're talking shit about Harry. Per Haley's notes, we have exposition commencing in three, two, one. He was their friend! <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. He was their friend! Does not happen in this chapter or in this whole book. Yeah, I, so I'm gonna actually like hard disagree. I much prefer this conversation in the book to the movie. I thought you were about to say that you're gonna disagree with your notes no, no, that I'm uh, reading right now, and I was like, Haley. <laughs> so, like, I have a lot of beef with the third movie. I think that it's good aesthetically and in no other way. It is great. Aesthet- the giant pumpkins are so cool. Yeah, the giant pumpkins are great. Everything else is trash. And, like, this conversation <laughs> in the movie is like, it feels so staged because, like, yeah, they're in a secluded room but there's no reason for them to be in a secluded room like this is just a conversation that happens oh crap Haley! i put you on the movie comparison episode oh well then (laughs) there you go Haley and i might fight then all right yeah like i'll throw hands with mary clay i I like my chances honestly no offense mary clay Um, (laughs) clearly you have not heard me scream about faramir Oh, you've never heard me scream. Um, Wait, oh, this is a screaming fight. I mean, or, either or. We can we can do whatever. Either way, I lose. So, like, the conversation here, like, it's just happening because Rosmerta shows up, and Rosmerta's the first person that we really hear from who, like, remembers Sirius, like, admits to remembering Sirius fondly. 
Like, everyone yeah. else, it's like, you kind of, like, oh, okay, I guess they've never met this guy, and he's just, like, an ambiguous evil figure, but it's like, oh, no, he was a member of this community. Real quick interjection, um, just, like, I'm pretty sure Rose Marceau was part of my bisexual awakening. Mm-hmm. Those sparkly turquoise heels really did it for me. Yeah. I was like, those are cool. I was like, those are some pretty cool. Oh, yeah, we like, forgot to like, mention that Ron's got a little crush, too. Oh, yeah. yeah. He's like, I'll go, I'll go to the bar. Yeah, I'll just, uh, <laughs> I'll get our drinks. Um, so, yeah, like, the, the Christmas tree moving, like, I guess, I guess it's, like, something to do with the interior of, uh, like, English pubs, because they can be very dark and dingy, and there's, like, there's a lot of exposed beams and posts in places. There's a lot of, like, secluded Honestly, corners. Honestly, the, the leaky cauldron in um, Orlando like is reminiscent of that um i was there recently with sean and we sat in like a little yeah like a little tucked away corner so, yeah. and i felt i could have obscured myself with a christmas tree. right so like if it's extremely <laughs> if, I, if i had one if it's if it's like dark and crowded and cold like i can see I, I can see them like managing to hide and like these people at a table or a booth thinking like oh no we're we're all in you know we're in a secluded space yeah. to have this conversation fudge just like looks over the whole bar and is like a fucking children and like doesn't see any of them individually. And then in the corner there's this guy with his feet propped up and he has a hood over his head and he's smoking a pipe. Yeah. Who's that fella? (laughs) It's Viggo Mortensen. (laughs) Wait, I want to take him to Madame Puttyfuss. (laughs) Yeah, Haley wrote a paragraph. Um, There's a lot of oofs. Oof. That's it. That's the whole synopsis there. (laughs) No, this whole conversation is just like, the hits just keep on coming. The way that, like, they went about setting up the secret keeper thing is just so dumb. And I'm just like, here's what you do. You make Sirius the Potter's secret keeper, and then you make- and then you make the Potters Sirius's secret keeper, and then they're both just in their own little hideouts, and then you don't have to worry about, you know, your- Wow. Like- That makes sense. Yeah, that I does make it. sense. There we go. Case closed. Bring in the dancing lobsters. <laughs> See, I can't figure out why they would have chosen... Oh, no, I can't remember his name now. Peter Pettigrew. Peter Pettigrew. Listen why they would have chosen Peter Pettigrew? I, I was talking about this with Charlie earlier. We know that they become animaguses. All of the guys are animaguses. Peter Pettigrew becomes a rat. rat. Why would you choose that? Exactly. It's, it's you know that a rat is a rat. the unexpected choice. They were like, no one's going to think that Peter is our secret keeper. Plus, like, if anyone, like, since he can turn into a rat, if anyone, like, comes for him and tries to take him, he can turn into a rat and book it. Like, Sirius can turn into a dog and, like, yeah, he can fuck shit up as a dog, but he's still, like, a very killable size. Like, I don't know if y'all have ever had to, like, tried to kill a rat. It's hard. I don't know if y'all have ever tried to catch a recently freed dog. (laughs) Yes, I have. Just, like, gallivanting down the street. Just lay down and wait for them to get curious about if you're dead. Well, like, if you have a wand, I feel like it can't be that hard. But, like, with a rat, it's like you've got to aim. I just keep thinking, Peter is, like, the ultimate, like, he's a hanger-oner. He was part of the group, but he never really was fully part of the group. And I I just think for that reason... They had a group chat without him. Like, Lupin is someone people don't trust, but I would have trusted him 100% with the, the secret, you know? Because at least you know... People aren't going to listen to him. People aren't even going to look to talk to him about it. I think Lupin later, like, explains that it couldn't have been him because he's a werewolf and, like, he 
wasn't sure. Not that like I don't think he could he would be able to like speak in his werewolf form, but like he was just too much of a variable to be yeah. able to like confidently remain their secret keeper. Yeah, there's there's I think there's a lot of options of like even less obvious people they could have chosen. Petunia. Um, but yeah, Andrew recommended Petunia. Great, and any random Muggle you find on the Dumbledore street. Dumbledore recommended himself. That was a great idea. Voldemort is not going to roll up to Dumbledore and be like, "Tell me what you know, bitch." He's not going to do that. Hagrid, give it a Hagrid. Hagrid, yeah. Do, do, no one's going to go bother Hagrid. Yeah, Hagrid would die for you. Actually, no, no, I would never give it to Hagrid, considering all of the things <laughs> yeah. that he accidentally yeah. let slip to yeah, the children. Oh, oh true, true. Yeah, there's okay. just there's options. I just don't think they would think to ask Hagrid or to question him about it. Yeah, yeah. Well, okay. If Sirius is a secret keeper, why doesn't he could just like hide away in his dog form and like nobody would fucking know? Or in his house. Like, yeah, secret that's what I was. There. That's what I was saying about like the whole. If you're concerned that someone is going to come after your secret keeper, then just become your secret keeper's secret keeper. <laughs> we call it the old secret keeper sixty nine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love nice. it. <laughs> But long story short, it goes disastrously anyway. Yeah, yeah. Oof, <laughs> James work. and Sirius were best friends. Oof, Sirius was the best man at their wedding. Oof, Sirius is Harry's godfather. Oof, the Potters knew they were being targeted. Oof, they made Sirius their secret keeper. Oof, they knew there was a mole, but they still trusted Sirius. It and wasn't a mole. It was a rat. It's oh, a rat. Exactly. Still a rodent. Hagrid is fucking traumatized because he like saw Sirius right when he was like picking up Harry and like Sirius was like give me Harry just imagine like imagine Sirius in this because like at this point we're like whoa fuck Sirius for trying to steal Harry and murder a baby but like but like knowing what we know like Sirius in this moment like please give Harry to me like I want to personally make sure that nothing happens to him this is my responsibility I'm weeping. Just weeping. I just love Sirius so much. It would have been awesome for Harry to be raised by Sirius. Because Sirius also wouldn't have gone, he wouldn't have gone after Peter if he had Harry. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he would have, he would have completely changed course. It would have been great. I can tell I'm going to go d- deep diving into, into fan fiction tonight. Oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> Sirius went after Peter because he had literally absolutely nothing left to lose. Yeah. yeah, and he was Ugh. the yeah, and of course, like we, kn- you know, we have the context that he was the only person who knew that Peter was his. I don't understand why he didn't just say like, why didn't they just use truth serum on Sirius and say like, yeah. Peter was their secret keeper, and then they would know that it was true because the justice system sucks. The justice system yeah. sucks, and I and I do think that there is genuinely something to be said about things that people do in grief. You know yeah. what I mean? Like I think None I of it think makes sense. that Sirius going sort of blind with with grief is like a totally like I think that happened. I think he was so distraught at the death of his two best friends. <sighs> um, Haley's next note is that they start talking about Peter Pettigrew, bitch. <laughs> Your fucking Pettigrew. Little lump of a boy. 
<laughs> I love that part in the movie. Wouldn't it be cool if one of the other marauders was fat and Peter Pettigrew was just a regular boy? Oh, yeah. I should mention earlier when Harry opens the secret passageway, it's just wide enough for a thin person to slide through. So, like, only Ooh. only skinny people can have fun mischief times. <laughs> Yo, fuck this. <laughs> God. I would be, I would catch me like pressing my whole body. I'm like, it's all fat. It's collapsible. <laughs> it squishes. We squish. It squishes. I'm gonna sneak out. It's like a toothpaste too. <laughs> Maybe you can use like a spell to widen the opening. Wait, Haley. Uh, okay. Yeah. You just reminded me vividly of like a beautiful memory I have of my mom accidentally getting like she like parked herself in oh, and she no. like couldn't couldn't really get out of her car door and she basically had to toothpaste two of herself like out of the car. That's the worst. <laughs> I've definitely been in that situation. I was just like watching her helplessly from like the parking lot as she was just like, one limb at a time, like a contortionist. Yeah, it must have been like a pretty oh, dramatic man. event or something because I don't know why we wouldn't have just gone to park somewhere else. She's kind of a princess, but um. So then we learn that ser- from Fudge that Sirius is like he's not crazy the way that the media has depicted him. He is apparently immune to the effects of the Dementors. Haley has a great note that it makes him almost a direct foil to Harry who literally passes out around them. I should ask you to write my notes every week because this is great. <laughs> and he asked to borrow an, a newspaper <gasps> from Fudge. Hmm. When Fudge was doing an inspection. I wonder if that comes back around. Probably not. Do you think he could really be like, I like, I know that rat from like a grainy newspaper image? I do. I mean, I think he did literally borrow the newspaper for the crossword and then happened to see the photo. Yeah, was the like, picture on it. Hang on a fucking second. He yeah. saw the rat had only nine fingers. <gasps> yeah, it was missing a toe. Yeah. That's a really good detail to see. <laughs> a finger. That's all they found left. Then he says, Black didn't kill Pettigrew. He destroyed he him! destroyed him! So dramatic. <laughs> he just cut off his finger. In contrast to the film, let's say, um, the adults leave and the children say nothing. They just sit there. I just love the image of Hermione and Ron. Because, yeah, the adults, they all kind of, their conversation ends kind of sadly. They're all like, oh, that was sad. Anyway, on to our net. We're doing a bar crawl, right? (laughs) (laughs) On to the next bar. They literally, that's what they're doing, right? They're doing a pub crawl. Well, McGonagall's already, you know, she's (laughs) hydrated. She's ready to go have some more shots. Mm Mm-hmm. And then Hermione and Ron peek under the table and are like, hey, buddy. How you doing? All I could think of was Zuko going, that's rough, buddy. (laughs) (laughs) Harry's just just drenched in butterbeer and sad. (laughs) He was their friend. That's rough, buddy. Wait, on three, can we all do he was their friend? One, two, three. He was That's going to be great. In people's ears. I want to defend myself that, like, I quote that part all the time, not because, like, oh, it's such a great scene, great acting. No, it's so ridiculous. It's so bad bad and over the top. It's so memeable. Yeah, that was definitely in Daniel Radcliffe's, like, 
adolescent. Like, he's no longer, like, a cute little child actor. And he's, like, kind of on the cusp of figuring out how to, like, be a seasoned, like, actual actor. And it's also, like, the vibe of that movie because they were going for edgy in, in movie three. And, like... It's just very teenage angsty. In some ways it worked and in some ways it really didn't. And that was one of the moments that it really didn't. Oh, it's bad. Like, yeah. when they leveled up Hermione's slap to a punch, that was pretty edgy and cool. That I like. I do like that change. Girl power. Girl power for sure. Power. I genuinely have no idea what chapter that's in, and I'm gonna fucking read it soon, and I'm so excited. I I love both versions for their own merits, you know. Like yeah, I like I sla- there's something so juicy about like a woman slapping a really deserving man. Well, because like in the book, it's like she just like blows past Harry and Ron and Ron and just like whaps him. Like it's yeah. there's none of like the build up. It's none of the like pretends the to walk away. Yeah, like none I of like the you, build up. You foul, loathed, evil little cockroach. Oh, she delivers those lines so well. It's though. Awesome. Who doesn't want to punch a guy like that? So you're picturing the slap. Now, can I interest you in? A uh, chicken breast to the face. <laughs> <laughs> slap him with a chicken breast. Just, just grabs a chicken Raw breast chicken and breast. slaps Draco in the face. <laughs> well, we know there's some dead ferrets nearby. We could always smack him with one of those, too. Wow. Yeah, but so I don't know. True. I don't think the sound would be as good because the ferrets have the fur on the outside. Yeah. You need to, like, skin them yeah. first to get the sound of, yeah, like, skin need, on skin. Yeah, you need either, you need either, if not a chicken breast, then, like, a whole fish. Oh, whole oh. Fish. wait! You're reminding me of um, what's that show? It's not Forged in Fire. It's the other. It's it's some like weapons show where people bring their blades oh, to like sli- slice. You showed it. me that. There's like this whole obstacle course where they have to like slice and stab shit to see how powerful their weapon is, and the like grand finale is they have to slice all the way through a chicken, <laughs> a fish, and then like a I think it's like a weird tube full of like jelly beans or something. <laughs> I, well, no one ever gets to the third thing because the fish j- just like defeats all comers. It's like a giant. It's a I giant. I need to know what like, the show like is. Tuna. That sounds weird. I was gonna say red snapper, but then I was like, that's Animal Crossing knowledge. That's not. Real. <laughs> and see, when you guys mentioned the fish, the first thing I thought of is Dogma when she threatens him with a baseball bat and he turns into a fish. <laughs> a giant Whoa, fish. That's such oh a good movie. God, oh that is God. a really good movie. One of my favorites. Uh, Yes, we covered it on Phantoms Gone Wrong. <laughs> it's also Alan Rickman. What are you going to do with that fish? Alan Rickman is the best. Love him. Angels, we're ill-equipped. He was the best. So that's the end of the chapter, gang. Do we have that's anything else? Chapter. Do we want to, like, it's a great chapter. Do we have anything else we want to talk about, or? I don't think so. Uh... A resounding silence. Perfect. I love it. I don't know. I just, I love the Marauders, Matt. Like, you have managed to bring me on for, like, all of my favorite aspects of Prisoner of Azkaban, which is my favorite book. Good. So, like, the night bus. I don't know why I said bus like that, but I did. Um, (laughs) The South is getting to you. The Boggart, um, the Marauders map, and then... The next chapter I'm on is also a good moment, but I can't remember exactly which one it was. But the Bogart was the chapter where we could not stop talking about the movies because it's just so fun. It's a good that scene is a good in a movie. Jazzy swing music. Claws is ridiculous. <laughs> it's so good. I love the Marauders map. It's just like so perfectly like wizardy and mischievous, and like it's just so quintessentially Fred and George. You know, I I love reading that chapter and having the knowledge that like oh oh hey do you know that your defense against the dark arts professor is mooney uh-huh. huh harry did you know that 
I do love that the Weasleys are what accidentally bring Harry, like, closer to his dad. Yeah. You know, it's like, it's all connected. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This chapter just has amazing rereadability because you always remember kind of the first time you ever heard it and, like, oh, yeah. like, this is so interesting. Like, we're learning about Harry's, we're, like, actually learning about Harry's parents, like, as at, and their time at Hogwarts for the first time. And, like, oh, we're, we're learning about, like, Hagrid's side of the story when he went to pick Harry up as a baby. And then, like, once you find out the truth of like everything that happened, then you go back and reread it. And then you're seeing that scene like through Sirius's eyes. And you're just like, Oh God, poor dude. The injustice. Do y'all remember reading this for the first time? Cause I kind of do like, I kind of remember being like shocked by this. No, I remember, I remember like getting to the line of like Rosmerta talking about how James and Sirius were best friends and being like, Oh, so was Rose Murta at school with them as peers? No, they would just uh, they would go into. I think she was the barmaid. Still. She was that. She's that old. I guess. Yeah, wizards live a long time. Well, yeah, because they're not supposed to be that old, really. They're like thirty. Yeah, yeah. And she, yeah. she's older than that. Yeah, yeah. she's like she's uh-huh. she's like a cougar. She's milfy. I was gonna say she'd have to be at least like. And 50. Ron is a crush on this lady. Yeah, yeah. She's at least fifty-year-olds can be hot. And also, she's a wizard, hey. so she looks a witch. You know, she can. Hey, wizard! They can use whatever words they want. J.K. Rowling is the one who who gendered. I know, that. but like Rose Mercer is just so witchy, you know. Well, like that's the thing with wizards is that like they age slow. Like yeah. Dumbledore is in like is like well into his hundreds. So like, uh, it's like when you find out that Aragorn is eighty-seven. <laughs> I don't give a shit, dude. I'll still fuck him. With with with, with uh, magical people, like fifty is the new thirty. You know, so yeah. yeah. Mary Clay, do you remember reading this for the first time slash watching the movie? Yeah, for the I was first gonna time? say yeah. I um like I knew all of the like backstory and stuff because I had watched the movie for the first time, so I don't really remember. Like I think I just remember reading because everything from the movie comes at you at such a lightning speed pace that like yeah, and I was like I, I mean I wasn't. It's not like I was little, but I was young. A child. Where I wasn't really... <gasps> a child. Um, Where I wasn't really, like, connecting the dots exactly. Like, it took me a couple watch-throughs to be able to be like, oh, okay, I get it. Like, okay, he was actually the secret keeper. I remember it taking me forever to figure out how Peter Pettigrew cutting off his finger were like i just remember like not being able to figure that out in my head well like so. the third movie like does a really bad job of explaining like the ma- the marauders and stuff yeah it does leave yeah. out the like backstory the third movie mm-hmm. the doesn't, movie doesn't explain any of that well at all it doesn't say that they're mar- the marauders in the movies ever really it not even it never on the explains map. that it it yeah they don't explain yeah like in the fifth one harry just starts calling him padfoot and it's like wait what yeah you do miss that backstory in the movie. Mm-hmm. You would think that at the end, when he gives him back the map, he would explain to him. Nope. That nope. would make the most sense. You'd but he think, doesn't. But no. Nothing. That's a real rookie writing mistake, is like forgetting that your audience does not have the same background knowledge as you and like failing to explain things in a way that is like satisfying to your audience. Okay, so, like, I think they cut all of that out of the movie because as amazing as it is, knowing the backstory of, like, oh, they're Mooney Wormtail Padfoot Prongs doesn't really have anything to do with the plot of this book. It's just nice backstory to have about their friendships and time together at Hogwarts. Except that Um, it also... 
it, it's such a it's such it would it would completely slow down the flow of the movie to just stop and that's what happens in the book they have a whole chapter where they're like stop and we're gonna tell you a tale about our time at hogwarts together they still have to do that in the movie though yeah, but i i think it helps tie in like we always hear that his father was a prankster and all this stuff this like solidifies that a little bit well more not really and- so much in the movies though that's but what like- i'm saying in the movies it should have like, yeah, in the yeah. Movies, so like, like they, in like, terms of the movies, you don't need this information. And then when you get to Goblet of Fire and he's suddenly calling him Padfoot, that's because there was a change of directors, you know? Yeah. You do need that information because like if you leave all of the Marauder stuff out, you completely skip over why they became anima- animagi, animagi, animag animagus. Yes, that word. So it's just like, oh, so they can just turn into animals for no fucking reason. And then Harry's Patronus is yeah. a stag. Just cause. I don't know why. Just cause. Well, hang on. I didn't read the books for many years after watching the movies. I never once questioned why they were turning. Like, look, don't get me wrong. Prisoner of Azkaban is my favorite book of the whole series. I love all of the backstory. But it makes sense to me why they cut it from the movie because it's just not necessary for the sake of the story that they were telling in the movie. And it would have completely like messed up the flow of everything. And like, I love having that extra backstory, but I never questioned why they were turning into animals. I was just like, it's a magic movie. They're turning it like we saw McGonagall turn into a cat. It makes sense to me that other people would turn into animals. It is nice to learn later on, like when you read the book, that there is a deeper meaning behind that. That is nice to have. It's a classic flattening that happens every book to every movie. Yeah. <laughs> Fair mirror. <laughs> Fair mirror. Um, I did. I just copied you because I agree with you. <laughs> I am calling a timeout because you are both on the movie episode with my. <laughs> That's why I said we're gonna. Haley and I might just not have to speak to each other ever again. After <clears throat> <that>. <laughs> okay, great. Are we ready for some plugs? Sure. Yeah. Mary Clay, you want to go first? Uh, yeah. Um, Wait, I said Mary Clay. Okay. I said Mary Clay. All right. I was like, oh, <laughs> well, at first I was like, oh my God, I did the thing where like I was so self absorbed that I assumed she said my name, but she actually. <laughs> well, she usually tries to put me on the stop uh, spot because I'm bad at coming up with plugs. Well, hey, Mary Clay's really good at hers because it always starts out the same. So. Yeah, it does. <laughs> As always, you can listen to my podcast. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. Uh, new episodes every Tuesday. At the time that this episode's coming out, I will be doing the extended edition coverage for Return of the King. And then very shortly, I'm starting The Hobbit, which is very exciting. Yeah, I yeah. love The Ooh. Hobbit! I know. I I'm actually, it. yeah, I'm recording my first episode for The Hobbit this coming Monday as we're recording this episode. That's so awesome. I'll be reading, I'll be reading The Hobbit in the next couple days Yay! or the first chapter. I am so That's exciting. freaking mm-hmm. excited. And then for a plug, I'm going to plug Stardew Valley. It's such a wholesome video game. I played it um, when I was uh, my senior year in college, like at the end, right as I like started to like stop caring about school because I was about to graduate. My friends got me into Stardew Valley and I was very addicted. And then I like paid for it again when I found out you could get it for your Switch. And I made myself a little farmer. I named him Zuko. (gasps) His farm is the Fire Nation farm. And the thing that he loves most is honor. Oh my God. Because like whenever you get like something... That's but it's like I'm filled with you know a renewed sense of energy 
and honor is what it will it'll like fill in whatever honor. thing you love most yeah oh cute. my god <laughs> very cute i named the dog he gets iroh so i made him his little farm and then i played like three days and then i just never picked it up again and then recently i somehow got on the stardew valley side of tiktok and it made me like want to start playing again and i played for like three hours straight yesterday and i'm gonna play when Hell we yeah. hang up so <laughs> it's just such a it's a very wholesome game and it's also i think only like ten dollars so it's very affordable highly recommend it awesome i'm always looking for new switch games it's better than animal crossing because like (gasps) animal crossing gets it gets very old like you do the same things every day for like maybe 30 minutes to an hour and that's it I call it the Hufflepuff stoner game, you know. But Stardew Valley, it isn't in real time. So the day progresses faster and you can do different things all day long. So, and there are like consequences for your actions if you like work too hard on the farm and you can, you can court and date people in the town. So it's like Sims meets Animal Crossing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I definitely recommend that. Hell yeah. Haley, will you go next? I will. I am going to uh, plug kind of a throwback for me. I've just been thinking about it a lot lately. Um, The Left Hand of Darkness by Ursula K. Le Guin. It's good for Black History Month. It's it's good for a lot of things. Um, It's widely considered the first piece of um, feminist science fiction. Like, the general premise is that, like, there are multiple planets with, like, humanoid species, um, and they're all, like, kind of just finding each other. But, like, they do not have convenient space travel. Like, if you want to become a diplomat, you're never seeing your family again because you are going, like, you're, they're going to be dead by the time you reach your destination. So oh the main character um, is, incidentally, a black man um, from Earth who comes to a planet uh, of people who do not have gender. They don't have a fixed gender at all. Uh, they basically, like, you know, like, frogs will sometimes, like, switch gender if they don't have... Uh, yes. I can't say I know that, but sure. It, like, uh, like it comes up in Jurassic Park. Like, that's an actual thing. Yeah. So basically, they'll go into, like, a periodic heat where they, like, kind of tip one way or the other, depending on what their partner at the time is kind of tipping toward. So, like, the main character really cannot get his head around it for most of the book. So, like, the book is kind of his reports back to the people on like the mothership who are just kind of waiting for him to make an alliance with anyone on this planet really and also like the main person that he's kind of interacting with on this planet who has been trying to help him but like they have this weird etiquette that like so it's just it's a lot of different conflicting paradigms kind of butting heads and like people having to think outside of their their own cultural whatever and um it's very it's very interestingly handled uh so it's 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 a good read hell yeah that's awesome um also follow Haley on twitter at the right if it. you must linked in the show notes do it follow her uh. <laughs> <laughs> carrie what about you harry uh Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I thought you said, I said, I thought you said Harry. I it sounded like you said Harry. We all need to put on our listening ears. I don't know. Okay. It sounded like you said Harry. I'm not good. Well, obviously, check out Fandom's Gone Wrong because we have a new one coming out soon. Our ne- next podcast is going to be Simon. Um, is it Love Simon? Is that the title? It's the Simon versus the Homo sapiens. That's right. Love Simon mm-hmm. is the movie. Sorry. Yeah. Um, it's a really good book. The movie was pretty good. The book is really good. And we're going to do a podcast talking all about the book. Yay. And that's coming out the same day as this. Today. Yeah, so check it out. 
As far as uh, a recommendation, I've got Bridgerton. I watched yes. Bridgerton. Oh my god, it is awesome! It beautiful scenery, beautiful clothes. I love it. It is quite lovely. I love the multicultural cast. It's wonderful, and I gotta say, it is like the closest to softcore porn <laughs> without actually seeing any details. Yes. I loved it. Some of the things I've seen there, TV, I've never seen this stuff on TV before. It's spicy. When Mary Clay was first talking, telling me about Bridgerton, because you're the first person who really recommended it to me, and you were like, Pornhub should take notes. And I watched, like, the first two or three episodes, and I was like, okay, Mary Clay. And then, but then it got to, like, the one episode, yeah, and I was like, I was like, oh my gosh, she's right. <laughs> yeah. If you want something educational, I do another show I like. It's on sci-fi. It's called Mystery of the Abandoned. Oh. It's really cool. You They show you, like, all these different things around the world, like... They talk about, like, different abandoned, like, military sites that are, like, hidden underground and stuff. It's so cool. That's awesome. It's a science show. But, yeah. Because I'm a big nerd. That's what we do. Um. <laughs> Charlie, what about you? Well, obviously, of the Eldest Gods, y'all y'all need to listen to my other pod, as well as Phantom's Gone Wrong. Hell yeah. I've been very obsessed with the, the Netflix series, The Tales of Arcadia, which is, like, a bunch of different shows by Guillermo del Toro. Oh. And yeah, so there's like Troll Hunters, Three Below, and Wizards, and they're all like connected. But like you can realistically watch any of them and it doesn't matter. But like they're just, they're good. Two of them are like fantasy, Three Below is more like sci fi. And I just, I like them. Cool. I'm like, that doesn't make any sense to me and I'm intrigued now. <laughs> <laughs> That's the premise of anything by Del Toro. Yeah, true. True. So I'm at Green Pixie 12, most places on the internet, except for Twitter, where I'm at Green Pixie 123. I am not salty about this. Not at all. (laughs) (laughs) You sound not salty, not at all. Yeah, totally. (laughs) I also have a YouTube. Sometimes I do that. I'm at Charlie Mac. Cool. That's it. (laughs) Cool. And if Of the Aldous Gods sounds cool to you, listen to the following trailer. Yeah! Listen, we didn't want to be half-bloods. If you're listening to this because you think you might be one, our advice? Stop listening to this podcast right now. Percy Jackson had the right idea when he told people to stop reading the books, detailing his adventures as a half-blood. But we didn't listen to his warnings. And that's why we started this podcast, Of the Eldest Gods, where we read books written by Rick Riordan and talk about how they affected us as kids and continue to as semi-adults. You can find us every Thursday wherever you get your podcasts. Do you think we fooled them for a second there? Gods, I hope not. Bring on the monsters! We're making a podcast! Well, thanks so much, everyone, for chatting about the Marauders map with me. Carrie, Charlie, thank you so much for coming on. It's been an absolute blast. Thanks for having us. It was awesome. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. And I'm looking forward to doing some Harry Potter Percy Jackson crossover episodes because as you have um, (laughs) theorized to us, Charlie, they are the same person. They are the same person. You're right. You made a compelling argument. And okay, well, that's all. Until next time, get out, 
of the fucking pub because all your teachers are here and you're supposed to be back at the school and you're going to get into trouble and they're talking about your life very loudly. Uh, bye. <laughs> what a specific dilemma. The Restricted Section was created and hosted by me, Christina Kahn, based on the book series by J.K. Rowling. All music by Ryan Kahn. Logo by Michael Hardison. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at RestrictedSectionPod or shoot us an email at RestrictedSectionPod at gmail.com. We'd love to hear your thoughts, feelings, complaints, conspiracy theories, or lavish praise. God damn it. My notes are open to the first chapter and I just glanced down and I was like, where do I start? And it just says, Harry Potter was a highly unusual boy in many ways. (laughs) And now I'm not, I I feel like I just rickrolled myself with Harry Potter. (laughs)